Good afternoon, everyone. We're going to now call uh, to order City Council budget work session. Uh, Mr. Clerk, uh, can you read any chamber emergency back evacuation plan announcements? Any uh, things up front that you need to share? Can you read those now? Thank you. Yes, Mr. President. Upon activation of the emergency alarm signal, all persons should immediately exit the building. Please use the exits to the left or right front of the council chamber or the east or west stairwell outside the rear doors of the chamber. Do not use elevators or escalators. After exiting the building, proceed to the assembly area located in front of the Department of Social Services building at 900 East Marshall Street. Citizens and employees should assist visually and hearing impaired visitors with exiting the building. And Mr. President, that concludes announcements and all members of council are in attendance uh, with the exception of Councilor Addison, Councilor Jordan, Councilor Lambert, and Councilor Robertson. You do have a quorum. Thank you, Mr. Warren. Uh, we're gonna ask that uh, Council Chief of Staff, Ms. Letitia Holmes would come and share our council shared budget priority, priority settings. Ms. Holmes, good afternoon. Good afternoon, President Jones and Vice President Nye, distinguished council members. We are gonna walk through this pretty quickly, um, knowing that we only have an hour and a half to go through this. Um, so as you recall, we engaged in a process of trying to get ourselves together um, to be able to look at the budget in a little bit more streamlined fashion. And so, as you know, I like to start with a quote. So budgeting is the process of allocating finite resources to the prioritized needs of an organization. So we went through a prioritization um, process. Um, so before we get to that, we're gonna talk today as part of the agenda, the council shared budget priority setting. Um, we're gonna confirm if that is, if what we have in front of you is what you agreed to in terms of the shared priorities. We're gonna do um, some work around the survey results. We're gonna go through the timeline um, for the budget work sessions um, and through the budget process. And then we're gonna look at how your shared survey results and your shared priorities align with your individual district priorities. And that'll be a discussion of those operating budget priorities and the CIP budget priorities. So, Let's get into it. If you recall in the survey, there were three key objectives, confirming collective shared priorities, where we were thinking about how do we define the business of the city council in the budget process and identify a shared vision. We then looked at quantifying priorities and we did a very rudimentary question on setting some percentages to the priorities. And we wanted to just really identify how do we execute on the priorities that are shared um, given the finite resources available. And then finally, refining the budget process there's a lot of conversation about how we can engage the mayor and city administration and increase efficiency and effective in this process for FY24. This is what the survey looked like, if you recall. It started here um, with some verbiage, another quote, um, and some verbiage on how um, we could do this. We did a survey monkey polling session um, anonymously. So what we did was we drew from um, previously set priorities. We used the strategic action plan that is currently circulated throughout the city with the five priorities um, already set in there. And then we also looked at some other uh, priority setting events that you have all conducted and been a part of um, and added to that. So with the survey, nine of you were able to complete it. Congratulations, all of you were able to go through. Some of you didn't go all the way through. Um, the system may have timed out or something, so you'll see nine, N equals eight or N equals seven, it means that it might have timed out for someone. Um, so if you have any comments and you want to interject, that's also um, welcomed. But um, we estimated that it would take 20 minutes to complete. It took about 45 minutes. Some of you spent a lot of time with it. We're very thoughtful about what you are including. So the five collective priorities bring true and were confirmed as planned growth, economic progress, and affordable housing, strong futures for children, adults, and families, responsive accountable and innovative government, safe and clean neighborhoods and strategic infrastructure investment. And the reason, part of the reason of keeping and starting there um, was because you had already kind of communicated that um, through the use of the strategic action plan. So this will be great in terms of how we move forward in working with administration. But I'm sure you wanted to know 
Well, what does that mean in details, um, Leticia? And so what it means is the key five areas that you select and under each of them are highlighted in front of you and on the screen. Um, but for planned growth, economic progress and affordable housing, um, right, affordable housing opportunities, workforce development, small business um, support and fund development um, for multiple priorities and including affordable housing and residential developments of private developers. Um, you also went a little further and identified things that you thought were missing. And so some of the things that you thought were missing um, and that need to be included here is um, revenue generation and innovations, um, assistance for rent and mortgage, um, and equitable development. And that is planned growth and development. We went to the next one. They're in order of the rank of importance that you gave them, by the way, as well. So strong futures for children and families here was about workforce housing, providing youth skill development opportunities, recreational opportunities, um, embracing diversity and encouraging inclusion, um, and opportunities to celebrate the creative and a cultural ecosystem in the city of Richmond. What you added was there should be a focus on sports tourism. Um, we wanted to move um, to measuring and achieving poverty reduction goals. And you said we also want to support efforts to for affordable health care options. So this one is about being responsive, accountable and innovative when it comes to government. And so you talked about um, well, here you talked about having response to pandemics and things that are just more than just a pandemic, more than just a hurricane, just unexpected things that arise. Um, protecting natural resources, making it easy for residents to pay their bills and pay fees, and engaging and reaching out to the community um, is another key part of this. Um, and so what you wanted to add here um, is just to identify that the work that there's collaboration right now with the Richmond uh, School Board and the delegation to maximize and leverage resources here as well. So you didn't want that to be forgotten. Safe and clean neighborhoods really is around public safety efforts um, and less about the cleanliness. It, there is some of that included, but the first part of the priority focus area is really around the safeness or the safety. Um, so responding to community needs, fire, police, 911, traffic accidents and congestion, fires, um, fire education, parking and code enforcement, and then giving residents information they need about recycling, for instance, in their neighborhoods or business. So some of the things you added in here were around safety cameras, improved lighting, and then for a cleanliness space, you did talk about graffiti removal um, here, and then you also want to see a reduction in 911 calls. So we're coming up to the last one, and that's strategic infrastructure investment. Um, and this is really where most of your CIP items reside. And so it's providing a connected, safe and reliable bus and transit system, quality saw walks, um, utility infrastructure, things that you kind of associate with CIP. And one of the um, ones that came back um, regularly was drainage concerns. So then we moved on to, well, how do we quantify that? What what will we need to do in order to execute on these priorities with finite resources? And so as a very rudimentary way, we asked you um, to put the priorities based on what you know them to be and what you confirm them to be um, and rank them in percentages of how you would like to see the budget um, be moved. And so in that preliminary approach, plan growth, economic progress and affordable housing, you want to see 30% of the budget go there um, if you had a magic wand, right? You're waving a magic wand. We know that this might not be exactly how it lands, but if you wave your magic wand, 30% of it would go there. 20% um, would go to strong futures for children, adults and families. And again, some limitations with the survey monkey um, didn't allow it to add up to 100%. So it was actually 10%. So we added it to make it 20%. So the, all the percentage would add out to 100. Responsive, accountable, and innovative government, 10%. Safe and clean neighborhoods, 20%. Strategic infrastructure investment, 20%. Those three 20%. All landed at the same space. You all said 20% should go there. The only place where um, the only two places, sorry, the two bottom 20% were the same. The only place where um, there was 10% agreement um, were the strong futures and responsive, accountable, and innovative government. So what that says is your, your priorities, as you rank them in importance, you also rank them in terms of dollars and cents. So you're basically putting your money where your mouth is. Refining the budget process. 
this part was really about you identifying any efficiencies and any effectiveness opportunities. And so we started looking at budget work sessions. How many did you want per week? Um, and you all came back and said, we'd like one per week. It can be elongated if necessary on a council workday, um, but no more than three. Um, in the past, you've had some weeks where you had three. Um, and so I sent you a calendar that Pose last time we met that it would potentially be two per week and have you take a look at that visually for yourselves. Um, and we'll come to the calendar in just a second because we incorporated all of your thoughts and ideas. Um, the budget adoption goal was five work sessions. So we're trying to do it in five work sessions. You all thought that, that was a really ambitious and lofty goal, but you did feel like it was realistic. Um, 57 of 57 percent of you. So that's just about half. Um, but I think we may land somewhere between six and 10, um, which is what the other half of you were looking for. Presentations and discussions, a lot of discussion around presentations and shoring that up. Um, so you prefer no more than one, no more than three, but expect that there would be one or two per uh, budget session. And when we get to the calendar, you'll start to see how we incorporated that for your um, approval. Um, for the composition of the presentations, there was a lot of discussion around not necessarily having the presentation identify all of the achievements that have happened from FY23, but really delving into the identification of the budget needs for FY24, any budget challenges that are you know, departments are currently expecting spending patterns of any previous fiscal of the previous fiscal year. So how did you spend the money? Um, any goals to be achieved um, with any of the funding um, that they're looking forward to putting into their budgets? Um, any major foreseeable changes and a list of any effective programs that still need funding? That is the composition that we will be sharing with uh, the administration as we go through the budget season and put the presentations together. Also, we asked you, what did you want to see in terms of presentations? And so in order of rank, they are listed here. Um, revenue was one of the key areas that most of you wanted to see. The mayor's proposed budget, you knew that that's something that's going to happen regularly. But we had asked you, did you want the, the traditional approach or did you want to see it a little bit more um, structured? And you picked the structured option. Um, personnel staffing, FY22 versus FY23. Um, Department of Parks and Rec was one of them. Housing and Economic Development and Public Works. I think these are three because they align with some of the district priorities that you all have. Um, and then Capital Improvement Plan and the Capital uh, Programming um, uh, suite of information. Finally, FY24 Compensation and Pay Plan um, is also something that you're looking to see. Um, my staff has also informed me that the Virginia Retirement System is also something that should be included here as well. So we took all of that information and we developed the budget review schedule. Um, and this is the overall look of it from preparation to adoption. You should have a copy of it because it might be a little small on your PowerPoint, um, but you should have a copy of it in your um, in your handouts. But basically starting in February, we're doing council city council budget prep, which we're doing right now. Um, and then we've had some communication um, and some analysis of the minimal analysis of the priorities just for, just just right now um, is not as deep as we would like to go. Um, but we've started that process now here in February. And then we're going to move on to um, having some more conversations with administration. We've had some initial conversations with them, which I'll talk about in just a second um, about how we proceed. And then we will do the budget work session execution after the March 6th presentation of the mayor's proposed budget. Um, and then in April is when we would hope to start our budget amendments and have adoption happen by well before the deadline of May 15th. Um, okay, so here we are. This is the adoptions establishment meeting schedule. And so one of the two of the things we wanted to note with you is that we've collaborated with the city administration to get some um, some information and feedback from them about how best to proceed with the schedule. Um, and in addition, we reduced the meetings by more than 50% than what we proposed. We have proposed previously 20 meetings. We're now down to about 11 meetings. Um, and not all of them are um, absolutely going to happen. Um, so we'll, as we go through the budget season, we'll track and adjust. Um, we also realign the meetings with existing council schedule meetings. Um, so again, so that we could have them on times when you're already here. Um, and obviously we, we can make adjustments there as well. Um, and so we think that 
we've done a great job <laughs> in trying to look at this calendar and uh, apply all of your requests and your needs. So if I could focus your attention to the two-pager that you have in front of you, um, it kind of goes through what the meeting schedule looks like. Um, and I want to give a, a, a shout out to Sabrina Joy Hogg and Jason May for helping to do this, as well as my staff, um, because we spent a couple of different iterations of trying to get this in front of you um, in a way that would meet the needs the way that you had um, uh, put it out, as well as meet the, we meet the needs of what we have to do in terms of compliance with law. So that being said, um, obviously today is where we are with our first budget session. Um, on the 6th is the mayor's proposed uh, budget kickoff. And then on the 13th, we propose a second budget work session where we will dive a little bit further into the priorities and our analysis and have questions, suggested questions for you all. But we also, during that time, would like to have the um, overview of the mayor's proposed budget with a presentation on the general fund and a presentation on the capital improvement plan. Again, hearkening back to what you told us you wanted um, to see happen on those on that initial kickoff. Um, moving forward, the next um, go around would be March 20th, and we would do any additional analysis and questions discussion, but then also talk about the compensation and pay plan and personnel and staffing, um, as noted before, as requested um, presentations that you were looking for. That would then take us into the 27th, which would be our first public hearing. Um, it needs to be noticed, but it does not need to be noticed in 30 days. Um, so we are comfortable with March 27th being the first public hearing where you would hear from the public with regards to the proposed uh, mayor's uh, budget, as well as having them have had the opportunity to hear the presentations as well. We move along on April 3rd. We then would, well, let me back up. March 29th is when we would like to have the proposed um, amendments um, due, and that will give us opportunity as staff to be able to review them um, and present them back to you on the April 3rd. There is a holiday in between, I do believe. No, that's not the holiday. The holiday is the 7th. So we're trying to prepare for the holiday, knowing that it's a holiday week and that people may be taking time um, in between April, March, Wednesday, March 29th, and April 7th. Um, so we was just want to be prepared for that. So we pushed up the due date for the amendments. So that being said, that will push us into the holiday. And then on April 10th, um, we would have a presentation and discussion of the final council proposed amendments um, and hope that we can get to a balanced place because as you'll see in the next couple of slides, we've done some preliminary work that'll help push us forward, we think, um, to be able to do that where there'll be potentially less amendments than you've had previous. Um, that moving forward, April 12th would be the deadline for the final final. And then April 24th is when we would have the council final budget amendments introduced at the council formal meeting. And then May 8th was be the optimal time to say we've adopted the budget um, and we're all there safely. All right. So that is the establishment. Now, what you can expect from council staff are four key areas, review, analysis, support, and communications, all of the things that you've come to expect in the past with a focus on excellence and efficiency. Um, and so we will be working hard to collaborate with administration. We will also be doing our analyses and providing you um, information back. But one of the things that we've worked on thus far is, this, is a spreadsheet that I shared with you all with your priorities aligned. Um, and in that spreadsheet, um, we have also um, we will also be asking counts, um, sorry, administration to take a look at it and identify priority where in the budget the priorities list are listed. So to save a step that we would have to do internally, we're trying to streamline that and work collaboratively. So once we receive that back, that should pretty much catapult us um, into an ability to analyze a little bit more quickly. In the analysis that we'll provide, I know um, some people learn from narrative summaries and some people need visualizations. So we commit that there will be both of those things coming forward. So it would make it easier for you to make quicker decisions as well. Um, we do uh, commit to providing any questions that we may have um, for you that you should be asking as well as any um, suggested recommendations. Um, and then finally, in terms of communication, we in terms of be able to put stuff out via uh, social media and the like, just updating people if there's changes in the schedule and the like, um, just being very transparent about what's happening. So in that, in that review of all of those things, we have already taken the first steps of aligning the district priorities and the council priorities. 
Yes. Yes, yes ma'am. Uh, uh, Ms. Holmes, before, before you go on, I just want to call to attention for, for all of our colleagues, two numbers, 18 and 45. Um, when we talked about what our priorities were, staff asked us to submit two per council or two per district um, as it related to CIP and then five per district as it related to as it relates to uh, operating budget. And so we have some that have gone over. Uh, my former liaison who's no longer with us, he put a couple in that I didn't know about and I'm at six on CIP. And so what I'm going to ask that as we go through this process, that we would go back and scale those down um, to two as it relates to this sheet right here. As it relates to this sheet right here, there should be two in the CIP per district and then five for the operating budget per district. I believe that is what Ms. Davis sent out originally. And I would just ask that we would follow that. Now, does that mean during the amendment process you can you you are only limited to putting in two or five or whatever? Amendment process we're all aware of. You can put in whatever you wish but then you're going to need five or six votes to do that, right? But for the sake of this process right here, I'm going to ask that all of us, including myself and Madam Vice President, that we would follow what we were asked for. Two for CIP and then five for the operating budget. Okay, any questions or comments about that? Still green. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, I don't have that document in front of us um, where the two and the, what did you say, two and five, um, where does that reflect in this proposal? And if it was still on, if I may. So yes, ma'am, Ms. Holmes. Yes, that document that he's uh, presenting in front of you is an email document okay. um, for you to take a look to make sure and confirm that the priorities that you submitted okay. are the exact priorities before bringing it out to the public. And was that sent on Friday? Okay, because I, I, I was. So, yes. Okay, you were somewhere else. Yes, yes, ma'am. Catching up, but I got you. Thank you. I just want to make sure we discuss that. Together. Right, right, right. And so that that that's the only thing that I would ask um, to help streamline this process for staff that we would just adhere to uh, uh, those restrictions because some did and some didn't. And so we just want to all fall into alignment, decent and in order, two per CIP or did two per district for CIP and then five per district for operating budget. Um, one last question, Mr. President. Um, what about the surplus that hasn't been spent um, we just want to make sure what that number is and if that's a possibility for us to look at or budget amendments. That, that, that's a whole different conversation than what I we're dealing with right here. It's going to fall into the discussion. That, that, that's a whole separate conversation from what we're dealing with right here. And okay. so we can get with the administration uh, as far as as it relates to the surplus and things of that nature. But again, for the sake of this exercise, we just need everyone to kind of be on the same page to per district for CIP, and then five per district for operating budget, okay? All right, Ms. Holmes, thank you. Okay, and to uh, help operationalize oh, that. Ms. Oh. Holmes, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Council Member Robertson. And then Ms. Trammell. Thank you. Mr. Chair, um, I, First of all, I guess the first question I want to ask is the two and five, was that a decision of council or a recommendation of a request of the staff? Ms. Davis, I believe that was a request of the staff, correct? Of administration. All right, so with Ms. Davis, our former interim chief of staff, she's saying that was an ask from the budget staff, the budget staff. So my, my question in regards to that, Mr. Chair, is that um, I think the challenge that we have every year when we're dealing with the budget 
you know, we put in our priorities, um, which pretty much covers all of what's going on in the city. Um, when it's time for us to look at setting priorities for the budget, giving actual priorities, I respect the fact that this is for the district, but I, I, I would challenge whether or not it is the administration that directs us and guide us as it relates to what that prior, the limitation of priorities per district. Um, our districts are not equal. And we talk about this all the time. Um, but when we set limitation as if all things are equal, that creates uh, a challenge for me that when some of our districts are extremely, have been extremely neglected for years, things that other districts have, um, the annex area of the city is a totally different city than what we experience other places. When we look at the priorities of operation and capital improvements, based on what the city budget sends us, which is their priorities, their priorities is the, to the control of the entire budget. And where they select to put their uh, priorities and monies and so forth, which challenge us, because when it gets to us, it's up to us to balance to balance what is a proposed budget uh, as if it is the final budget that we have to uh, budget. In actuality, it's a proposed budget. Uh, so I I respect the fact that that's what we have agreed to do, but I will say to you that part of the issues as it relates to the budget, and we need to probably work on this farther than at the time that we are receiving the budget and trying to go through uh, making adjustments. As elected officials for each one of our district, you know, as well as all of us know, that we are the ones that are confronted on a daily basis, not the administration necessarily, but us as it relates to things that of critical needs in the district. And when we allow the administration to tell us it's only two to five, we don't tell them two to five. So I, I want to see some balance in that process going forward. And also acknowledging that um, our districts are not equal. And two and five suggest that they are and they are not. Uh, Councilmember Trammell. Thank you, Mr. President. I want to say that um, if we're going to go and look at every one of all of these things that everybody put in, only one person put two in, that was me, um, six, eight, some people put in six, eight, 10, 12, 27. I will tell you right now, when I get a break, I will go and I will do 40 things because I know of 40 things right now I can come up with my district because I'm going to tell you right now, it is, it's, it's really sad when you don't follow or you think that we're going to be able to give somebody 27 major things or 12 major things, eight major things, when every day I'm hearing, and I've done started giving our council members sale numbers because people call me from other districts upset about they got their um, assessments and they can't pay them. The water bill has gone up. They can't pay them. I've had two people call me this morning to tell me that their dominion power has gotten cut off. And then you're going to sit here with all of these things that you all know that we're not going to be able to, to fill them. We go through this every single year. Then the public, when it's election time, oh, Reva only put in four things. Or Reva only put in eight things. Well, damn it, I'm going to put 40 in tonight. And if you all get all these, I want my 40. I want my 40. Because this is wrong. When you know we don't have the money and you're going to waste our time, come back, waste this staff's time, come back over and over and over and sit there and, and say, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Or, or you talk about fairness. Damn it, this ain't fair. This ain't fair. I don't care what district you live in. It's not fair. So go back before we start reading all this stuff where this stuff hits the media and start taking the damn things off. Because you know, daggone well, you're not going to get 27 things. You're not going to get 12. You're not going to get eight. 
Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Trammell. Um, and I stand corrected. It's three and five, three for CIP, five for operational. Ms. Davis came and changed that. Um, everything that, that, that we're sharing, um, they're, 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 they're true. And that's why we're trying to look at how we do the budget season this year, where it's not necessarily a series of annual reviews from the administration, but the mayor presents it. It, it is it is a proposed budget. It is a proposed budget in which we have an opportunity to share what we think we need and allow the administration an opportunity to put it in the budget. The mayor presents it, then it's brought before us. And I know I'm I'm preaching to the choir now, but I just want to kind of let you know what you know, Miss Miss Holmes and Vice President and I and I we've been kind of discussing for the past few weeks as it relates to the budget presentation schedule that we want to receive. And what we're not looking for are annual presentations from the administration. Once the mayor presents it, we'll ask that the CAO would come and share, ask questions, things of that nature. Have Jason May come just from the operation side, have Jason come in and deal with the CIP. And then it's in our hands to deal with amending the budget. Even as we talk about uh, presentation from parks and recs, we don't need a presentation from parks and recs. The CAO can talk about what's going on in parks and recs, and we can have a discussion with him and have that session there so we don't have another meeting just to hear an annual review from parks and recs. That, that, that goes with every single department. Let the CAO come and present it. Let Mr. May come and present CIP. By that time, it is in the hands of our budget staff Right. And they have an opportunity to begin to break things down and we're able to engage like we have to put together the budget that we wish to bring forward. And we already know that process. But what we've run into in the past is this process running up until the end to the ninth hour. And we don't didn't have time to discuss things amongst ourselves. And so what we've done in removing some of these presentations is giving ourselves ample opportunity to discuss how we propose to amend the budget. And so that's kind of what's before us here. Um, and we've just got to try and trust this process to see how it works. If it works, great, we do it next year. If it doesn't work, we find something that does work. But going up until the last hour where individuals are at a soccer games or other other things, to try and, you know, figure out how we end and how we vote on a budget does not work. It didn't work last year. And so what we have before us is a plan that we, that's all we're doing. Ms. Holmes is presenting a plan. And right now we're finishing about two weeks before. And so we have, and, and in that time, we've taken majority of those meetings to discuss amongst ourselves, not hearing from every department in and on the administration side. So that's kind of, that, that's going to be the change. So I need us to, to think a little bit differently out of the box that we're not going to see everyone from the administration come down and present. The expectation is the CAO would present if we have questions about parts and recs or Whatever the the other one was that that was that was listed down there, I don't have it before me, Miss Holmes. If you want to tell me what that other one was, housing and neighborhoods, no parks and recs, and you'll get it before I will. But but again, oh. what's that? Housing and economic development, housing and economic work. development, things of that nature. That is something that the CAO can speak to and we can ask questions and have that done in a meeting rather than having one meeting to deal with that one individual area by itself as we've done in years past. So our goal this year is to focus on what our individual needs are because Madam Robinson, you are correct. All of our districts are not the same. 
Ms. Trammell is correct. We could all go back and put 40 things in tonight from the annexed areas to the areas that have been divested from historically because we all have challenges. But for this part of the process, stand corrected, it's three and five. Three per district, four CIP, five for operating. And then after that, we will go through that process of amending the budget based upon what we feel our shared priorities are as a, as a council and then what our district priorities are as a council. All right, if we're clear with that piece, uh, Ms. Holmes, we will come back to you, put this ball back in your court and you can continue with your presentation. Thank you, and that's a perfect segue into the next step. Council staff have taken an opportunity to align the district priorities with the council priorities um, as you move forward in selecting your top three and your top five. This might help you um, in selecting when you see where things line up, um, where they are shared priorities. And so we'll start with the first one and we'll, we're going to start in the general fund and then we'll go into operating. So there's about 10 more slides. Just want to give you kind of a heads up of where we are in terms of timing. So in the general fund, there was about an estimated total of about 6.2 million of district priorities that um, added, that it's what it added up to. There were 10 for strong futures and then fours across the board for the other four priorities. There were some requests for FTEs. And so we put that in a in the bottom row. And I think that number needs to be updated to seven because we noted earlier that there was an error when we were going through this. So the 10 priorities when you did the alignment with the overall shared um, priorities with the individual district priorities, you'll note that the majority of them are around youth. Um, and doing something for the youth in the in the city. And so, and then the others are, there's a life coach program that's also for youth, um, a community maintenance program, community center maintenance, and a domestic partner benefits. That all adds up to about 1.3 million. Um, there are areas where um, different council members did not provide a number in terms of dollars and cents, and staff is prepared to do some additional research. But right now, preliminarily, that was about 1.3 million um, dealing with strong futures for children and adults and families. For planned growth, economic progress, and affordable housing, um, of a note here is mostly affordable housing items, um, as well as a homelessness prevention item and a small area plan. Um, you'll notice that that's $1,065,000. Again, two um, placeholders, $0 um, for the top two, just because we need to do additional research. For responsible, accountable, and innovative government, um, this is uh, the only one that was noted here was the $30,000 for sister cities. Um, the other three have placeholders to be researched, but right now we're looking at a $30,000 um, opportunity for either an increase or be looking for it in the budget. Safe and clean neighborhoods for for requests here when it comes to the general fund. Um, and so Vision Zero work for speed tables, bump outs, but for bike lanes, code enforcement repairs, those two are identified at 2.75 2 million, $2 million dollars. And so that is the total here in that um, bucket for general fund priorities. Strategic infrastructure investment, again, I noted this before that that's mostly CIP um, investments, but here you all had an identified um, a bike rack installation, a tree planting budget, um, uh, gas energy, right? These are things that probably would essentially go to DPW is how we sort of analyze it and put it in this bucket. Um, and so $550,000 um, to be for those four items. And again, um, one of them, the asphalt alley maintenance um, is non-CVIP. Um, and these are those types of items that are here, um, only four of them. And we do need to do additional research um, to estimate the budget for that. And then, as I mentioned to you before, that number on that first slide should have been corrected to six. Um, and we identified one, two, three, four. Four of them have dollars and cents associated with them. Um, to the ones that are italicized are for city council um, office support. Um, so those are italicized as to show the difference between um, a request for council's office staff as opposed to um, additional staff in administration. And that comes out to 490,000. 
and that's the general fund alignments. We did the same practice and process with the capital improvement plan, um, which is estimated at $44,509,915. Um, there were three for strong futures, and you'll find the majority of them are in strategic and infrastructure investment. Um, I think you may find that there's some crossover in what will be in the budget already. Um, as my staff was uh, having a conversation about this earlier, there were some places where they noted that programs and things are already in place. So that may help you in your decision-making process later to whittle down from however many you have now to five and three. So for three out of here, you can look and see that many of the strategic infrastructure investment um, requests are, or priorities are all parks related. There's 21 of them. Um, there's 35 strategic infrastructure investment total, but there's 25 related to parks. Um, and so I'm going to go through these next three slides and you'll see that the subtotal here is at $19 million, um, close to $20 million. Um, and some of them have um, associations with each other. So as you see the Ponticello Park one, there's two things associated with it. So you may condense um, that and maybe um, add a dollar amount to that as you move forward with making your decisions about your top three. Traffic calming was another um, uh, strategic infrastructure investment that you wanted to see happen. Um, no dollars were assigned to that, so staff would have to do some uh, investigation to see what that might look like. And the master plan update was another one for natural gas, and that was estimated at 300000 So that would be the total. Now we have one more sidewalks in architecture. Um, so this includes all the sidewalk repair uh, priorities, um, but it also includes um, a look at the Fifth Street African-American burial ground. Um, you'll notice underneath that the Bellmead um, sidewalk and drainage um, process included in that. Um, two council members both submitted that same item. And so I want to note that, that there's some congruity to have the same item there. We only counted it once when determining how much it was. Um, so $4.1 million with the Association to Strategic Infrastructure overall, all 35 of those. When it comes to strong futures for children, adults, and families um, out of the CIP, um, again, here's another area where we had two council members submit the exact same item. Um, so the Wickham uh, Court Recreation and Sports Park, um, 1.3 million was the, the proposed dollar amount from both of them. Um, and then there were two additional ones, one without a zero, with a zero dollar, meaning that we need to do more investigation and the Smith-Peters Park improvements. And the total of that would be 1.8 million, just about. And then we also thought that this one fit, although it's a strategic infrastructure investment, we thought these two fit under planned growth, economic progress, and affordable housing. And so the Wayfinding Mobility Study and the Housing Development Office Center at $5.8 million. And finally, is safe, clean, and safe and clean neighborhoods. Again, this is really targeted around part public safety type um, items as it comes to CIP. So, code enforcement repairs, speed table, bump outs, water safety equipment, and training for public safety officers at $2.7 million. We did not put anything in this bucket in our analysis um, because responsive, accountable, and innovative government is more focused on internal um, and not on the structure of in buildings and things that CIP would have. And that brings us to a conclusion. Um, as we get ready to wrap up um, and you all engage in additional discussion, the three um, priorities that you would be submitting for CIP um, and the five for operating, if you use the spreadsheet that you currently have and highlight what you think are your top five then and get them back to me, I will make sure the appropriate staff um, takes a look at both of those. So for operating, I have LaTanya Davenport, if you just raise your hand, she's going to be leading our efforts there. And for uh, CIP, we will have Paul Van Lenten leaving, leading our efforts there. So I'll make sure that they get copies of it and we work together to make sure that we identify what your true priorities are moving forward now that you've had this conversation. Um, and then we'll revisit that spreadsheet. We'll share it with the administration so that they can identify where those priorities exist in the budget and where they do not and why not. Um, and then we'll move forward in our budget process of receiving from the mayor um, his proposed budget. Um, and then finally, uh, well, not finally, but then the next step after that is you receiving our analysis, our initial analysis. That's all I have, Mr. President. 
Thank you, Ms. Holmes. Let me just say uh, up front, thank you for uh, your hard work and diligence on this. You might be new to the city, but you're not new to this type of process, and that shows. Uh, so just again, thank you for synthesizing all of this information and uh, moving us through this process. Um, I think we're on the part of our uh, agenda where we want to discuss, uh, we can have a discussion of operating budget priorities and then move into a discussion of CIP uh, priorities. And so we just want to go ahead and just open up the floor for individuals that have colleagues that have comments, questions. Um, and if you can just hit your button and we'll put you in the queue and we'll go by uh, the list, the listing that we have here. Uh, Councilmember Lambert. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, just a quick question. I know, um, thank you, Ms. Holmes, for everything. Did a great job. Um, where does the schools come into this discussion uh, when, it, when we talk about the general fund, um, especially all of our priorities deal with youth in some form of fashion. Um, from our last meeting, that joint meeting we had with the schools, um, Cheryl Burke had mentioned that we should really start our discussion on schools kind of like around May and June. So I know we're doing a new process. I just want to kind of have an understanding of where can we incorporate their needs in our evaluation of the budget so that we can make sure we're covering all bases when we're dealing with the budget. I, I didn't know if we were, I didn't hear anything about the schools in this. That's all, just want to be clear on that. So we, that's where those placeholders of items where we don't have all the significant details, but um, where we were thinking of was potentially April 3rd um, to start that process. Um, and But we have to see where they're gonna come in. So we didn't include it in here um, just because we didn't have a definitive date yet. Councilmember Robertson. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, so I want to make sure I'm clear on the question that you're asking us as it relates to, to discussion. Are you speaking to our amendments or are you speaking to the priorities holistically for the budget? Is that clear? So one of the things that that I think happens for myself, I'll speak for myself, as it relates to when I'm asked to give three priorities, if it's specifically for the district, um, that would be one thing. If it's priorities that I want to make sure is funded, but in, that's in the budget, that is citywide, um, or oh, they're not specifically the request that I make for the district, okay? For example, we've been promised uh, that there would be $10 million put in the Affordable Housing Trust Fund. That is not a district request. However, it is a significant priority for me as it relates to the overall budget. And where I think there will be some clarity is that if if we know that there are particular priorities for the in, for the full budget that we definitely want to see in. So what happens frequently when when I I'm not confident that the administration have gotten a request from the council to validate and and to to affirm that the 10 million dollars that has been promised to the affordable housing trust fund will be in the budget because I don't put any requests in for that. So I'm frequently led to use one of my three limited opportunities to make sure that that is out there, that we want to see that $10 million in the budget, even though that is not a district request. So I, I want to make sure that the opportunity and not necessarily today um, that we've given that opportunity to indicate those critical areas that we have, you know, we've been nailing, you know, we've been hammering forever. Uh, homelessness, monies for homelessness, that is not a district, that would not be a six district request. But if I was concerned that nothing would show up in the budget for that, 
then I would almost feel forced to use one of those three to make sure that that is a priority that's not overlooked. So my question is, as it relates to your question for right now, are you asking us for discussion about our priorities in this report that we have before us today? I, I would say yes. I mean, because again, we, we should be able and have to be able to delineate between a council priority as far as, God bless you, what, and, and I would agree with you, I would tend to agree with you that the $10 million ask for the Affordable Housing Trust Fund, if that's something as a council that we say is a priority for us, then it shouldn't be relegated to an individual council priority. But, excuse me, a district, a council district priority. Thank you. Um, and I think that's that's kind of what this whole process has been about to get to what are city councils overarching council priorities for the city that are larger than any one district specific need. For me, I would really like to have a report that says this is council's overall budget priorities that we've agreed to that we want to see happen. Um, because when that is the case, we are all looking at that. And when the budget come to us, that would be the first thing that we would want to validate that that's in the budget. And and I can I can I'll confess there have been times when I've used my district requests for the overall budget because I'm concerned that council's priorities haven't been spelled out with a budget request like we do for our district. And I'm concerned that we're not going to get and and I'm concerned because history has proven to me that it has not happened. And what we're sharing with budget staff, council budget staff, is to be able to quantify those things, right? So if we say $10 million for the Affordable Housing Trust Fund and what we expect to happen with that $10 million, our staff, they, they've been put on alert. They've been put on notice that we want to be able to find these things and identify them within the budget, right? And then our budget conversations will revolve around those those items in those areas. And so what we have and what she's presented, what Ms. Holmes has presented, are what our council pri what our council priorities are. Right? That that's that's the biggest piece. This right here, this is district. Things that we did here, those are council, what we are saying as a council, and how do we begin to move in future budget sessions and when those conversations should come. And so that that's that's kind of our goal. That's what we're working through right now. So you are correct, Madam Robertson. You should not have to take up one of your three CIP or five councilmatic district concerns or initiatives with things that should be viewed as a citywide initiative based upon a council priority. Uh, Dr. Newbill and then Councilmember Trammell. Thank you, uh, um, President Jones. Uh, that provided some clarification because uh, for me, there's citywide uh, priorities that I did not include in these district requests. But I want to be clear, I thought that what was conveyed is that there would be opportunity to go back and staff would be interfacing with council members relative to delineating this three CIP and uh, five general operating budget items. Is that meant to be another word or are we doing that now? I thought that was what Ms. Holmes, could you clarify? Yes. Please? So my thought was that you would take your um, the spreadsheet that you had in front of you to confirm and get that back to me with uh, having identified your three to five. But what I will say is 
I've been accused of going too fast before and not being clear. Um, when we went through this analysis process, part of what we were attempting to do was take what you have already confirmed as your council priorities and align them with the district priorities. So when we went through the slides that talk about capital improvement priority alignments, strong futures for children, adults, and families, the idea of the exercise of putting it in front of you all was to say, okay, well, there's a lot of parks. Um, improvements programs here and do we need all of these or can I, you know, take maybe three or, you know, take, I put five and now I can whittle it down to three. Um, but the administration would have also an opportunity to look and see where they're highlighted if they've already included them in the budget already. So this is almost a great opportunity that they, that there were lots of priorities provided so that then the administration can already identify where are those included and know that the citywide priority is strong futures for children, adults, and families as it relates to parks, um, and then begin to tell us where they see it in the actual budget document, and then the staff would then take a review and analyze from there. So you're prioritizing the next three for, for CIP or the five for operating, if you could get that back to us. Um, so we can then take another step and another step at the next step in the analysis process. Thank you, Mr. Pert. That's what I thought I was hearing, that we weren't going into discussion on these, that we were to get those back to staff and it would come. Okay. And then we'll be on the lookout for the citywide and to uh, Councilwoman Robertson's point, because there's citywide items I'll be looking for that I did not include uh, in district because they are citywide from my perspective. And so the alignment of those as we move forward will be helpful. Thank you. Ms. Trim. Mr. President, um, I'm going to wait. I just um, handed some stuff to Lincoln, so I'm going to wait. Thank you. So I will say the one thing that you do not have before you are your council um, staff offices, um, all the appointees, you do not have that before you. Um, all of that was submitted through the whiteboarding session. Um, and so I've uh, pulled all of the appointee chiefs, division directors, um, and all seem to be pretty confident about what they submitted was not a huge increase um, and did not need any additional um, assistance and support. Um, but I did ask them to attend in case they did. I do see at least three of them in the audience. So if there's anything that I'm remiss in saying, is that seem about right? All right, I'm getting a thumbs up from them. Um, however, for the Council Chief of Staff Office, because I am new, um, I may be coming back to present um, uh, to the Government Ops Committee first and then uh, some other options that we may need in terms of dollars and cents. Thank you, Ms. Holmes. Thank you. Is there any other feedback? Because if not, once Ms. Holmes takes her seat, we will adjourn this meeting unless there's any other. Yes, ma'am. Dr. Dr. Newbill. Yes, um, President, I just wanted to um, commend Ms. Holmes and her staff um, for the thoughtfulness in terms of this uh, plan and their uh, implementation, uh, very strategic, intentional, and um, the collaboration with the administration already in advance. I just think uh, job extraordinarily well done. Just wanted to say that. All right, um, if, if, if I could call everyone's attention to the calendar, do we at least have agreement on the calendar as uh, as presented? Because we just at least want to walk out with some things that are definitive on this end. I just need consensus. I see one head nod. Mr. Addison, good afternoon. 
see another head nod, and then Miss Naya's a head nod, and that she had her hands in the sausage, so the cook has to eat her own cooking. Then one last one, Miss Robertson, are you amenable? Yes, um, what I have before me looks very good. Um, I will not be in town the week of April the 15th uh, through the 21st. So there's no meeting schedule for those dates, which works perfectly for me. I uh, just wanted to put that out just in case calendar changes come up that, uh, that uh, Ms. Holmes is aware of that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Vice President Nye. Thank you, President Jones. Um, just one thing to note, Ms. Holmes, I know you mentioned possibly doing schools on April 3rd. That is a spring break week, so it might be a conflict um, with schools. I was going to say, so that is just a placeholder. We were still waiting to hear when they might be available and when their budget might be ready and prime. Um, so we will work to figure that out and get back to you on what that date would look like. All right. Well, thank you. Just want to thank everyone for being here. Uh, we will adjourn this meeting and see everyone back here at 4 o'clock for informal. We'll call this meeting adjourned. Thank everyone for the time.